Happy weekend and welcome into another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Dan Van Handel, and I'm joined again by a special guest, Mark Schrunk. Mark, welcome into the show. Thanks, Adam. Yes, uh, and we will be breaking down the preview for the Sunday action of the second half of the Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, and we will lead with the Ravens and the Titans game. So this one uh, will be the first game on Sunday, and the Titans will be the home team in this one, and they finished 11-5 first in their division, and the Ravens 11-5 second in their division, but they got a wild card berth. And the game will be on ABC. And some standout ranks going into the game. So the Ravens uh, top 10 in defense uh, all the way through for the five categories. Titans, not so much as far as they've had a struggling year defensively. Uh, and both teams have a defensive-minded head coach, Mike Rabel for the Titans, John Harbaugh for the Ravens. And then offensively, uh, four out of the five categories, uh, looking at the five categories I talk about in every episode, I do previews for uh, just to give you a recap or a, kind of a refresher, total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, points, Third down percentage, uh, and the Titans are in top 10 for four out of those five categories. And then uh, for the Ravens, they are three out of those five categories in the top 10. Uh, So both teams have pretty good offenses. The Ravens have a better defense, and the Ravens are on a five-game winning streak. They opened and stayed a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I would say some of the standout players for both teams, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, playing really good football lately. He's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, the reigning MVP uh, from last year uh, had a great year last year. It was a pretty good year this year, too. And then uh, J.K. Dobbins, pretty good running back out of Ohio State. Uh, he's a good running back. Gus Edwards, and then in the receiving game, uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown and some other receivers, too, uh, for the Ravens. And then uh, for the Titans, Derrick Henry, one of the better running backs in the game, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, uh, as far as that goes. So I'm going to go prediction. Ravens win the game. I think it'll be a close game. I think this one could go either way, but I'm going to side with the Ravens because they have a lot of momentum on their side as far as playing well, winning their last five, getting hot at the right time. And uh, lately, as far as the matchups between Mike Rabel and John Harbaugh, these two teams, uh, Baltimore and Tennessee, Bravel's gotten the better of John Harbaugh, but I think Harbaugh flips the script and gets the better of Bravel. And I think uh, ballpark score 28 to 20, uh, anywhere around there uh, for a ballpark score. And I think it'll be a one possession game. Bold prediction. I am going to say that the Ravens hold. Derrick Henry under 100 rushing yards. And I understand that that is a risky prediction, but they are called bold predictions for a reason. So I think that the very stout top 10 in all categories defense the Ravens have will be tough on Derrick Henry. And I think they have the potential to stack the box and make Ryan Tannehill beat them. And although Ryan Tannehill has shown some flashes of brilliance, I just think that he might have a, potentially maybe a uh, not-so-good game in this one, maybe uh, having some turnovers and stuff like that, uh, having some troubles. 
so that's kind of my bold prediction. And Mark, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so for the for the Ravens Titans game, this is the most interesting game of the weekend, I think, just because both teams had really good offenses and lots of uh, exciting players that can take take it to the house uh, at any at any point. So for a couple of things to look out for, when the Ravens have the ball, they're gonna wanna try to get out to a good start. Lamar Jackson is much less dangerous when he has to drop back and pass, and he's more predictable. And uh, that's what the Titans did to them last year when they beat them in Baltimore. They got a couple early turnovers, and then the Ravens are behind the behind the this the uh, behind the, the matchup pretty much the whole game, and they had to throw the ball. So that's what you want to see happen if you're Tennessee. But for Baltimore, they have a really good rushing attack. You know, best in the league, not just Lamar Jackson, but also J.K. Dobbins was a, a slasher, and then also. Um, Gus Edwards as well is more of a power back. Uh, the Titans have been in the bottom half of rush defense and pass defense this year, so Baltimore should definitely be able to move the ball against him. And then when the Titans have the ball, Derrick Henry has had big games against the Ravens the last few times, so the Ravens are probably going to try to stack the box. You're probably going to need Ryan Tannehill to be effective on play action and third downs and make some big throws if you're going to Score a lot of points if you're the Titans. Something to note, Baltimore has struggled in run defense all year. They're 26th in the league. So, obviously, that doesn't bode too well for them against Derrick Henry. So, we'll see what their uh, defensive coordinator draws up as far as that goes. Titans have been very efficient in the red zone this year and also really good at not turning the ball over. And I also look for A.J. Brown to make some big plays on the field like he's been doing all year. And... Um, I think it should be a pretty high-scoring game. For my prediction, I'll say Ravens 34, Titans 31. I think the Ravens will um, make some plays in in the clutch moments towards the end of the game. And something else to keep in mind, Ravens have one of the best kickers in the league in Justin Tucker. Titans have struggled all year with Google kicking. I think that's what it might come down to. And I'm going to say my bold prediction, I'm going to say Ryan Tannehill will – pass for 300 yards or more. I think he might might have a big game throwing some passes downfield, and um, I think it should be a high-scoring game, so that's why I think he's going to air it out. What do you think, Ed? Yeah, I think uh, pretty good uh, analysis there, prediction there by you, uh, and I think uh, this one could be, uh, as you mentioned, one of the more interesting games on the docket for a wild card weekend, uh, super wild card weekend that is as the NFL is promoting it to be uh, themselves and rightly so. It's three games on each day and uh, a lot to be excited for coming up on the weekend as far as NFL action in the first portion of uh, the many uh, rounds of the playoffs in the NFL. Uh, so the playoffs, obviously, everybody knows the Packers on the NFC side and the Chiefs on the AFC side, will get first round buys. Uh, so they won't have to play this weekend and they will basically get essentially a free win as far as moving on one round uh, for having the best records in their respective conferences and uh, have the kind of scenario of being able to watch the game uh, from wherever they want to watch it and uh, kind of see what happens. Uh, or some of them might not watch it as far as 
Uh, some players just kind of want to take their minds off it. Uh, no offense to it, but sometimes they just want to kind of enjoy the weekend and uh, just kind of see what happens as far as um, that goes. I know uh, Aaron Rodgers this week on his weekly appearances on the Pat McAfee show, basically alluded to the fact, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, you know, I, I might watch it, I might not. You know, it's, sometimes for those players, it's just kind of a, a grind in the season. They love playing, but sometimes they just want kind of a weekend to themselves, a quiet weekend. So uh, they'll be kind of watching, uh, at least monitoring what, what kind of happens and, and uh, seeing who they'll play next in, in their matchup in the playoffs. So that's a good look at that game. But coming up after this short audio break, Mark and I will move to the next game on Sunday and do a look at the Chicago Bears against the New Orleans Saints after this short audio break for another edition of Big A Sports Show, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Moving ahead in another edition of Big A Sports Show, I'm your host, Adam Handel, and moving along with our Sunday preview of Super Wildcard Weekend, in the first portion you just heard, the Ravens-Titans breakdown at this portion, Bears-Saints breakdown at 3.40 p.m. Central Time on Fox. And these two teams actually played earlier this year, uh, and New Orleans got the better of Chicago, 26-23. to And that game was in Chicago. And ranks uh, three out of the five categories. The Saints uh, are in for the top ten. Offensively, and then offensively for the Bears, not so much uh, kind of struggling all year offensively. They started the season with Nick, Nick Foles as their quarterback, and then they switched over to Jabriski, and uh, they just kind of haven't gotten fully into the flow of things. They've they've uh, kind of switched things up with Matt Nagy calling the plays and then Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, calling the plays. So they're kind of just t- trying to figure themselves out. They backed in the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight as far as that goes in the Saints 12-4 and four first in their division and uh, definitely uh, forced to be reckoned with as far as that goes. New Orleans opened a 10-point favorite. They are now a 9.5-point favorite. Uh, this one is probably the game of the weekend where it is more heavily favored as far as who's favored more by the point margin with the Saints and I expect the Saints to win the game. I think it'll be 31 to 20, 31 to 17, anywhere in there. Two possession win at least for the Saints, if not more. And the Saints, something to watch out for as we move closer to Sunday is the status of Alvin Kamara as far as he got COVID, unfortunately, and he had a quarantine. So we'll see if he's able to go. It sounds like he's probably going to be able to go, but. We won't know until Sunday for sure. And then uh, Latavius Murray, another running back, uh, got quarantined because he was close contacted with Alvin Kamara. So I believe their whole running back uh, depth chart kind of got a sideline last weekend because they had to quarantine because of close contacts and Kamara got COVID too. So uh, Taysom Hill will, will probably be a part of the game plan no matter how many running backs are able to go or not go uh, as Sean Payton is a big fan of Taysom Hill and I think my bold prediction will be he gets into the end zone at least twice he can line up everywhere wide receiver running back sometimes at quarterback occasionally uh, spelling Drew Brees uh, when Drew Brees kind of they give Drew Brees 
a snap off uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but I think uh, the Saints probably will get uh, have Michael Thomas for this game. He's been battling the injury bug all year, but he should be able to go good to go in this one. So that'll be a tough uh, kind of thing to deal with for the Bears. And the Bears' best chance of winning this game is to slow the game down and play the possession ball game. I know their defense is highly rated this year. I mean, it's has potential to be all right with Khalil Mack and others. Uh, but potentially they get a good game out of their defense and uh, maybe get a turnover or something like that uh, to to help them out. But uh, their best bet is to slow the game down. And conversely for the Saints, they want to speed it up, play on that fast track in the in their dome that they play in and uh, get into a running game with the Bears and uh, hopefully get off to – Two possession lead for their sake and kind of uh, not look back. Uh, but I think that that'll be kind of the score and my bold prediction. So, Mark, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so definitely I think this is a one sided matchup. When the Bears have the ball, if I were a Bears fan, I would want them to spice up their, uh, spice up their game plan. Just seeing their game against the Packers. Last week it was kind of predictable, you know, with them showing, throwing all the short passes and really nothing super creative. So if I were a Bears fan, I would want them to throw it to Allen Robinson as much as possible, try to get Mitch Trubisky on the move, even get Cordero Patterson involved more, and uh, just give the defense some more things to think about. Uh, Montgomery, their running back, was doing really well the three or four games before last week. He kind of was average uh, against the Packers, so they're going to need to get him more involved. And he's actually a pretty good pass receiver, so if I were a Bears fan, I would want Matt Nagy to get him the ball more. And then when it comes to the Saints' defense, they have a really good pass rush with Cam Jordan and other guys. Bears have been mediocre at pass protection, so if I were Matt Nagy, I would try to use like motions and play actions and maybe rollouts and other things to keep the Saints defense from pinning their ears back on Trubisky. It does help Trubisky is mobile, but you know, that can only get you so far. And uh, Saints have been really good all year on defense, top five defense in scoring. Only area they've been low in is the red zone, but I don't, I don't know if even the bears will get to the red zone that much to, uh, in this game. And then when it comes to the Saints having the ball, despite you know everyone talking about you know, retirement for Drew Brees and that he's kind of past his prime and not as good as he once was, he's been pretty decent this year. He does have a lot of short throws. He doesn't really get sacked often. He gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. And Brees actually had a pretty good first game. The the he had a Brees had a good first game. The first time that they played the Bears earlier this year, and I believe they are missing some key guys in that game, and they still did well. Um, I think they are missing some skill position guys. Breeze has, been, Breeze has been pretty solid for them all year. And then for the Bears' defense, they've been really good in the red zone and third downs, so that's why their points per game is, and I believe in the top 10 of the NFL or top 15. They are going to have to have some big games from Khalil Mack and some other guys like Akeem Hicks and, and others on the front seven are going to have to step up and cause some problems. Otherwise, it could be a long day for them. Taysom Hill is definitely the wild card for Sean Payton for the Saints offense. Uh, Sean Payton loves to use him all over the field. 
like you're saying, Adam Kamara was on the COVID list last week, but if he plays, he's a big threat for them running and receiving. And Michael Thomas is going to be available as well to make matters worse for the Bears. And uh, Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the league when he's healthy. So for my prediction, I'm going to say Saints 34, Bears 17. I just think the Saints have way too much talent on both sides of the ball. You know, some crazy things could happen. Maybe, maybe some turnovers or, um, you know, injuries happen during the game. But other than that, I I don't see the Bears having too much of a shot. And my bull prediction, I I have to admit, I don't think it's going too bold. But I'll say Trubisky will have a couple interceptions, and um, he's sometimes he'll be careless with the ball. And I think, especially in this. Might be a blowout. He's gonna have to take some risk, so that's why I think he'll throw a couple picks. Yeah, I think uh, definitely for Trubisky. Uh, I mean, with any game, I mean, he's kind of vulnerable to the turnovers and uh, shows some flashes here and there of a plan all right and, and and holding his own, but definitely hasn't lived up to the uh, pick that they picked him at. And uh, I mean, they passed on players like Deshaun Wallace and Patrick Holmes. It's been well documented. And uh, Chicago Bears fans definitely have a right to be uh, mad at the Bears as far as uh, passing on those types of talents. But they thought that Trubisky was the guy, and that's what they did, and they picked him. And so far he hasn't shown uh, that. Uh, but, I mean, he can play well in the next games potentially, maybe, uh, and, and be better. I mean, there's always the case of that. I mean, you don't know until they play their next game. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think a good prediction there as far as some – turnovers for Trubisky and uh, the Saints should be able to win that game so in the next and final portion of this episode of my podcast we would go over the third and final game of Super Wildcard Weekend uh, the sixth and final game uh, third and final on Sunday's uh, docket of action for the NFL uh, between the Browns and the Steelers so that'll be coming up after this short audio break Moving ahead in the third and final portion of this episode of Big A Sports Show and finishing up the previews for Super Wildcard Weekend, uh, at least for my podcast. Coming up, if you missed uh, any of my previous episodes, uh, go back and listen to the archives if you want. Uh, in addition to those previous episodes, this is the Saturday uh, preview that Mark uh, Trunk and I did for those and then this edition for Sunday's action. So, this will conclude uh, those previews for that. Uh, but without further ado, uh, getting right into it with the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns 11 and 5, earning a wild card berth. The Steelers 12 and 4, first in their division. So this one uh, should be a pretty interesting matchup. This is the second of the six matchups between divisional rivals with the Seattle and the Rams being the other one on the weekend. So kind of a bonus game between uh, the division rivals in addition to their two matchups that they have every year. So both teams are having it where they see each other a lot. Uh, It'll be probably a a factor of whether one can out execute the other or not and who can do that better. So uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for the Browns, uh, Fantastic tandem in the running back uh, depth chart as far as one-two punch. Uh, so that should give the Steelers defense some fits and uh, some trouble there. 
Uh, James Conner, pretty good running back in his own for the Steelers. Baker Mayfield has had a good year for the Browns quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously the seasoned veteran, having a pretty good season in his own right. Uh, he kind of hinted here and there at retirement, maybe, maybe not. He's always kind of toying with the idea of that as far as he's getting up there in age and uh, and that. But he's continuing to play. He's had a pretty good year this year, 33 touchdowns and uh, doing a good job there. And then Juju Smith-Schuster kind of gave the Browns uh, bulletin board material as far as uh, some motivation coming into this one as far as he uh, kind of alluded to it. I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, this is the same old Browns. We like playing the Browns, and uh, we should – be able to get past them and, and they don't scare us. So we'll see if he's able to live up to that uh, kind of trash talk or if the Browns are able to use that as extra fuel to try and get a win. Uh, the Browns won't have Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, as he unfortunately got COVID. So he will have to quarantine. So they'll have an interim head coach in this one. But I mean, they should have the same game plan. Stefanski will send that interim head coach and all the coaches the game plan. And uh, they'll be able to get through it uh, and navigate through it as we are dealing with a weird time as far as COVID goes. So a lot of adjustments that included. And uh, the Browns will miss Stefanski as he is kind of a part of a talk for coach of the year as far as that goes. So uh, he's a pretty good coach, uh, young, younger mind, uh, offensive mind. So. Uh, he won't be there. They, they want him there, but he's got a quarantine, so that'll be a factor. Maybe, maybe not in this one uh, as far as that goes. But uh, their last matchup wasn't that long ago with Cleveland winning uh, last Sunday in a win or you're not making the playoffs scenario, and they were able to win uh, by two points and get the job done. This game will be on NBC at 7.15 p.m. Central Time at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I think my prediction will be a Steelers win. This one should be a good matchup, though, uh, in divisional football, uh, especially in the playoffs. The One of the many sayings is you throw the records out the window and uh, you just kind of go at it. And uh, maybe it might get a little chippy given the rivalry and, and all that. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. But I think the Steelers win. Ballpark score 28 uh 24, 31, 24. I think it'll be a one possession difference in the game and uh, should be a pretty good game to end the super wildcard weekend. My bold prediction, and I'm going to say, keep in mind, this is being where it's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So putting two running backs combined and they will be held under 120 all-purpose yards. So I think the Steelers defense will bring it. They are ranked four out of the five categories in the top ten. Actually, five out of the five categories. Even in the last category, they're top ten. Uh, so the other ones, they are more fifth, third, third, fifth. So very good defense as they traditionally have, and I think they'll, they'll be able to give uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt some trouble. They've seen those two uh, play a lot uh, in the division, so it'll be no kind of secrets as far as that goes. So uh, they should have a good game plan against those two, and they'll be able to make a little bit of an impact on the game because they're pretty good talents in their own right. But I think I don't think that they're going to go crazy in this one, and that'll be one of the keys to victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Mark, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, so just a couple things on when each team has the ball for when the Browns have the ball. Like you said, Adam, uh, Stefanski is their their play caller normally, but he's been missing the game because of COVID. Like you're saying, they'll probably have the game plan from him. It'll be interesting to see what they do like when they have to decide to go for it on fourth down or if they have to punt it or kick a field goal because, you know, who knows what Savancy told them. Maybe some of those guys might think differently in those situations than he does. Um, They've actually had to do walkthrough practices on Wednesday and Thursday this week because of the virus. So that might, you know, hurt their preparation a little bit. They are missing several players, including their best offensive lineman and best cornerback. And when the Bear, when the Browns have the ball, they want to make sure that they protect Baker Mayfield and don't turn the ball over. Pittsburgh is you know number one in like all the top defensive categories, like you were saying, Adam. So you really need to try to minimize mistakes as much as possible if you're going to score on them. And Cleveland needs to establish the run early and not get behind. And I think that will really help take the pressure off Baker Mayfield and um, even keep the Steelers' offense off the field. So that's going to be really important for them. They have probably the best one-two combo in the league, I think, for running backs with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And they have a pretty good offensive line too. So that will be a great matchup against the Steelers' front. And they're going to need some people to step up on the receiving core side of things like Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. Obviously, Oda Beckham, they haven't had him for a while. That's a big loss for their passing game. So they're going to have to figure out how to get some passing yards going. And then um, Browns are really good in the red zone as far as scoring. Steelers are great at preventing teams from scoring in the red zone. So that'll be a good matchup there. And then when Pittsburgh has the ball, uh, Ben Roethlisberger has been pretty good this year. He's definitely been an upgrade over the quarterbacks the Steelers had last year. They have kind of had a lot of drops this year with their receivers, and um, that kind of caused them to struggle a bit the last five or six weeks on offense, and they've lost most of their games actually since then. Um, Pittsburgh's been really bad running the ball this year. I believe they're almost worse in the league. They've had Benny Snell, James Conner, a bunch of other guys um, kind of split time and be in and out because of injuries. But that's, you know, not what you want, especially if the weather gets bad in the winter and playoff football. So they're going to have to figure out how to get that better. Pittsburgh does give the ball away a lot as well with fumbles and interceptions. So if you're Cleveland, you want to take advantage of that. And um, Cleveland's been average as far as forcing turnovers and red zone defense. And they don't have tons of passing. They don't have tons of pass rush threats. Miles Garrett is obviously one of the best in the league, but Olivia Vernon is out for the year now with his ACL, so that's a big injury, and they don't really have any other guys besides him to rush the passer. So for the prediction, I think it'll be similar margin to what Adam said. I'd say Steelers 27, Browns 21. I just think that the Steelers have too many playmakers on offense and defense, and the Browns are kind of undermanned with injuries and also the virus. And um, being on the road, too, I think that might might um, hurt them a little bit. And for my prop bet, I'll say Chase Claypool is going to have a really big game. I'm going to say at least 125 yards receiving, maybe more. I believe he had a pretty good game uh, last week and earlier this year against them. And he's just really hard to stop. And um, 
yeah, I think uh, he'll be the feature receiver for the game against the Browns. So that's that's what I think on that one. Yeah, good thoughts there, as always. Mark, uh, good breakdown. Uh, and that wraps it up for our Super Wild Card Weekend previews. Uh, if you missed Saturdays, uh, that's posted under my archive log for Big A Sports Show. Uh, and then this one, too. And then any other episodes that you missed, uh, you can listen at your own convenience. And then uh, pay attention to all my future episodes as well. So uh, subscribe to it. It's available anywhere you get your podcast. So I appreciate all the listening support always. And I hope that it continues and even gets better. I'm always looking to grow this podcast as much as possible. So uh, the sky's the limit, uh, as I like to say, uh, as far as it's been going great. And it can even get even better uh, as far as getting as best as possible. And um if you want to uh, kind of say, hey, listen to the Big A Sports Show to any of your family or your friends, you can do that and uh, hopefully get them on the consistent listenership train and, uh, again, trying to grow this podcast as much as possible. So I hope that you've enjoyed all my episodes, this episode, and all my future episodes. So I will talk with you all again probably next week uh, sometime as I always try to podcast as much as possible when I can. Uh, some of the do it on the side, that's fun for me, hitting a wide variety of sports topics. So I hope that you enjoy Wild Card Weekend, and I will talk with you all again very soon. Another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Andel.